So I'm going to start off and we can just go from there. Okay. Um, all right, guys. Uh, welcome to Good Vibes Cafe, where the tea is hot, the cookies are fresh, and you never know what I'm going to say. And <laughs> really excited because, like, if there's anything that I do to a tea and anybody who knows and loves me can attest and agree I go with the flow and that means that like I seriously honestly truly do not force anything and like I tell my kids anytime you force anything the result that you yield is never worth it it's never complete it's never accurate it's never it's never right I go with the flow I do things how they happen and when I started this podcast I really started it because I felt like I had so much to say and felt like I needed to spread it out into I don't know a thousand episodes because I never talk out loud <laughs> I'm excited because I have you Kaylin with me and is your last name I'm sorry tell me your last name it's Eusis okay. so Kaylin Eusis Kaylin and I met <sighs> I don't know how to start so we're just gonna have to start so I'm going to say how we start this episode by being serious, but also not serious, but serious. Kaylin and I both have different mental diagnoses and the community that we come from, we have been portrayed as mentally ill. <laughs> Kaylin and I are both mentally ill. We are both medicated. We are both in therapy. Um, we are starting this podcast by saying both of us are in our right minds. We are not suicidal and we are medicated. If something happens to us, it was not by us. Joking, but not joking. So I'm going to start by saying I met you by not meeting you first. I had the privilege of hearing about you before I got <laughs> And something that I cannot understand about people in general, like even people that like that I know and love, when I ask them about somebody, like I don't want them to tell me negative things about them. I want them to let me form my own opinion. Because one thing, if you're associated with this person and you have negative things to say, then why are you introducing me to them? Why are you associated with them? And if not, let me form my own opinion. And so when I entered Serenity Village, the community, it was like you had these people that they pointed out where it's like don't talk to her don't talk to her don't talk to this because now I'm seeing that the people that they wanted to keep the newcomers away from were the old people that had all the tea and what they told me about you was like she dated this guy and she just says all kinds of crazy stuff <laughs> so like they literally discredited you before I even spoke a word to you. And the first mm -hmm. time I met you, it was kind of funny because like I'm in culinary and um, I don't trust people who don't know how to cook. Like, I don't <laughs> Amen. like we had the chili cook off and I'm expecting like this crazy unhinged for you to bring out a chili that's like full of dog crap. I don't know. <laughs> You show up and like you're well spoken and you've got this chili and it's like why did these people portray this person to be somebody who's I don't see that she is but at the time I didn't put it together so I want you to tell me um like 
your do you have an introduction to me did you get a previous story on me or um so that that makes me giggle but when I when you guys first came to Minnesota and you were first coming in that was really kind of my the start of my exit out of the community and so this smear campaign kind of the the narrative had already been set that um you know people needed to have this certain things were said about me I was very vocal I, I didn't have that same like um loyalty and commitment to the church that a lot of people did even being in the inner circle of the community and so I had separated um or broke off the engagement with my fiance at that time and was kind of on my way out and so um what I had heard about you I'd met your ex-husband before first um and I think you kind of came in you had kids and I was a little like it was interesting because like you came in and I would we just didn't really connect like we never really talked you know like of course you were like the bipolar one right that was of course the thing that was you know the president that was set but no there really wasn't anything it, it, they were really excited to have you guys and you're like the new fat of the church so <laughs> yeah I mean so my story I kind of touched on it in my second podcast or for I don't know but like they you know it's a love bomb situation it's a love bombing community and they 100% so you can't see other things and so initially before we moved there I felt loved I felt like I was included I felt like I had a community and then upon moving Mm -hmm. there, it was like so what you said about people being excited for us to be there was Mm -hmm. a little bit true but a little bit not true because they were excited Mm -hmm. For us to be there before they knew that we were good people mm-hmm. oh they- yeah it had nothing to do with your character it was that you were affiliated so, with tdj and and that's the thing it's like where i come from like let me just start there like when mm-hmm. i came to the community i i came with my own person with my own experiences with my own connections with my own resources i was not mm-hmm. I was not at a loss. I was literally at a gain. My life was great. I am one of the reasons why Serenity has a connection to a really large church in Dallas. It is not him. It is not my ex. It is I, me and my family. So I would never come Most people wouldn't. The first video that we got for the uh for the anniversary service when that pastor spoke, that was me. Like that was me and my connection. Like thing about oh. this is they want so hard to say that everything that they've gotten has been through hard work and relationships it's been off the coattails of everybody and I can tell you this because when I moved to Minnesota the pastor of the church told me I want to create these things for you I want you to have baskets of like for career choices or these things that you can pull from so you're not relying on whatever right so once I got into the community and I saw I don't want to be attached to them, I don't want my work and my home and my car and my phone attached to the church, I <laughs> made my own path and I started my own career with modeling. I started my own resources with influencing. Like I literally started everything outside of the church to purposely not be connected to them because I could see and I still see it and it breaks my heart, girl. And we can let you go after this. Like it breaks yeah. my heart. And we, this is like my first question. Yeah. My first question to you would be what was your first situation where you realized like I don't think this is okay 
So I, what made me break away and start my own thing was once I realized, okay, I moved here and I live in this house that's funded by the church. Now he wants to get my husband a company work car. So that means now we got a house and a car. Now he wants to do the cell phone. Now he wants to do the job. There are so many people connected in that church. They live, eat, breathe, sleep, work through the church. There's nothing that they have that's not touching the church. When I first got there, I thought that that was a blessing. Like, oh, he has all of these. It's a trap. You what do you it's, it's a complete trap and that and that's the problem is that that was my side of it. That's when mm -hmm. I said, wait a minute, because where I come from, we are very independent. And I said, why are all of these people dependent in every area? Because it's not a blessing, it's not a covering, it's not it's dependency. And that's where my first red flag was when I said wow none of these people have anything going on outside of this community yeah. and what's yours yeah no and for me it was a little bit different because i like you i did i actually already was working in ministry when i entered the church so i i had my own life outside of the church i had my own ministry outside of the church i did do a lot in the church as well but i i wasn't everything wasn't enmeshed and that was one of the big reasons why I became a target or why I was kind of, you know, ostracized and I was a threat because I did have a ministry outside of the church and outside of, you know, a life outside of it. And that was a, a problem um, for them. So do you want me to answer the question too that you asked earlier? The first thing that. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first, like, the first, like, I wouldn't, I guess red flag, because there was red flags or whatever, but maybe like the first. Yeah situation yeah yeah so i know i mean vividly like it's a, not even hard so um we were i was with my ex-fiance um i had been set up with him he was a part of the church i had been set up with him by the lead pastor very quickly and it was a huge love bomb situation i mean we got matching tattoos and got engaged like within five weeks and it was wonderful i mean i was so happy and we were actually going uh, to his Christmas party downtown and we were all dressed up and it was so exciting. We we're finally going to just go do something us together, not, you know, cooking for the church and serving. And we were on our way downtown and we got a phone call from the lead pastor saying, Hey, uh, what are you guys doing? He informed him we were on our way to his Christmas party. And he said, I need you guys to, to stop, to come back here. And I need Kaylin to cook a meal for his separate work company is his company that he people he employs because someone had made a, a, a comment about him ordering mcdonald's for them and so he needed me to come back and serve them a five-course meal um at about 10 30 at night um just and i, I remember at the time I, I giggled like i laughed like he's got to be joking and my fiance at the time was like, no, we, we have to do this. And I was like, we're not doing this. There's no way I'm doing this. Like, this is insane. It's it's a Saturday night. We're going out. I mean, and he was serious as day. He's like, we, we oh. have a choice. If we don't do this, so he'll find someone to replace us. So we turned around and I had to cook a, a giant meal for his company. So there's a situation. So that 
would be a situation where you realize that, oh, I don't have control over my own life. Because so there was a situation where I, you know, for a minute, I took over social media and photography. And I say for a minute because it was a train wreck of a situation and I pulled myself out of it. But initially I was in social media and photography and there was a time where, you know, we would record the, like the preview for the Sundays, like between like Thursday, Mm -hmm. any time throughout the week, but like it probably needed to be done by Saturday or so. I don't remember. And so one of the guest pastors was coming and he needed to get his video recorded. Well, okay. I, I go to church for community. I go to church to do what the Bible says to do. Right. So that particular Saturday, I literally had dedicated seven hours of my life to, because I wanted to, because that's what you go to church to do. One of the girls from church, she was going to prom. I did her hair, her makeup, her photos, and I drove her and her date to prom. Well, somebody from the church, oh, here's our first game of name that staff member. Um, (laughs) The most nitpicky, obnoxious, passive aggressive woman who is over accounting and every single thing else that she can be over so she can hide everything because she's loyal to a fault she got oh, yeah. because she was like she literally said um well what are you doing and I said I'm taking such and such to prom like she's literally a church member like I'm helping her family and then she she said, I talked to your husband. He, he said that he can, like, she said something like he's not busy. And I remember texting my best friend and I said, what right does this bitch think she has to go <laughs> around me and communicate with my husband? Number one, I come from a place where if I tell you I can't do it, that's it. You don't ask no that's more questions. Serious. Number two, you do not, you do not interfere with my mother freaking relationship. So that's that situation made me think of yours because it was like she literally questioned what I was doing and first of all I don't even answer that to anyone right. like my mom like you know what I mean like, you're, you're right um but that was when I was like oh these people really think they can control me they really yeah. think that they have yeah. actual control and it's not even a joke like when you said yeah. be there at 10 30 I've seen these people like Here's another name that staff member. She's the worship leader and she's also a freaking slave to the pastor. And mm-hmm. he, he, he calm down. He's a human. Like he is not, he is a freaking human. Not there. Not there. He's the, he's the king of his castle there. People drop everything for him. Mm-hmm. I came because if you don't, you'll be replaced by someone who will. And that's literally the the mantra. I came back and I was, this was my first trip back home from going to visit from living in Minnesota. My family is like this. And this is why I never attached to the church because I come from too much healthiness. I'm not going to attach myself to something toxic without realizing that it's toxic. And so I come back and I tell my family, like, I, I'm not sure about this place. And they're like, why? What's going on? And I'm like, well, part of my husband's job is to, like, wake the pastor up. And they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, he goes to his house and, like, wakes him up. And they're like, okay, explain. I'm like, 
he goes in his house, he goes in his room. Everybody has a routine that they know how to follow. They like pull on his foot. And if that doesn't work, they do the next thing and they do the next thing and they slowly wake him up. Seriously? Literally. And when I told my family this, their faces just dropped. And I was like, is that not okay? And they're like, that's weird, know. right? They cut up the guy's steak for him. They they fill up his Yeti, has to be fresh ice water and fresh Diet Coke. One Diet time Coke. I was there, mm -hmm. I just filled it up with, I kept the Diet Coke that was in there and put a new Diet Coke on. And yeah. he was like, hey, uh, can you, uh, you know, I could tell there's an old Diet Coke in here. Girl, girl. They installed. <laughs> he could have fresh ice. He did not. You have you heard him say, "Oh, I'm hitting on all cylinders." You don't have an excuse. Have you heard him say that in a staff meeting? Because I was part of his staff. In a in several staff meetings, he would say, "I'm hitting on all cylinders." I don't see why you guys have an excuse. Number one, you don't wake yourself up. You don't cut your own steak. You don't order your own house products. You don't go to the grocery store. You don't make your own food. You don't pick up your own dry cleaning. You buy the same shirt in seven different colors, <laughs> the same shoes. He dresses like a geriatric, like and he- then, And then all of the, the men copy his style and he buys the same shirts. Oh, you can't, I can't even tell you how many hours I sat in Nordstrom Rack looking for those shirts for my fiance that- so he could look like pastor. Big, ugly, expensive shirts. One of the first times where I was like, these ain't my people. Because if you're going to have an opinion, you're going to have an opinion. When I realized that he was surrounded by yes men. Yes men. Yes men. We were at his house one day after church. And he comes out in this expensive freaking sweatshirt. And he's like, how do I look? And I said, it looks like a glorified sweatshirt. And literally, you could hear everybody go, <gasps> and I'm like, and then and then he goes, watch it, watch out now. What? It's a five hundred dollar sweatshirt. It looks like a sweatshirt, you know what I mean? But everybody was so yes men, like it looks great. It's great. It's amazing. It's the best sweatshirt I've ever. It is not. It looks stupid. Yeah, could have got it from Walmart, my guy. Like the fact that he would always talk about how much he spent on everything. Um, really just blew my mind like I the don't most, the most insecure human I've actually ever met to date so let me see so that was the first situation yeah. what was yeah. um what was your biggest shocking situation it doesn't have to be with you but just dealing with the church like what was mm -hmm. the situation that you were like Oh wow! Because I can tell you, I used, I was sheltered before I came to the church. So when I started figuring out pe what people were doing, I was like, "Wow, I can go if you don't have one yet." No, I mean, yeah, I, there's, I mean, there's a lot of there, there's a lot, and I really did experience a lot of things there. I was I was definitely pulled into the inner circle right away, um, and I definitely was. It was pretty, it was pretty, I mean, I got edged out kind of like kind of this outer inner circle pretty fast because it was, you know, kind of like you, you made a little comment about the sweatshirt. I would joke around about how he liked the steak well done and just kind of joke with him that he didn't like those things. Right. So, um, I would probably say the time that we were at his house for new year's, it was a new year's Eve party and 
we were cooking king crab legs in the garage and he took a star and asked everyone to go around in a circle, lick his cigar before he smoked it. So he wanted everyone in, yeah. So everyone was kind of like the Pope, you know, like kissing the ring. So he wanted everyone to lick the cigar before he smoked it. And I laughed and I wouldn't do it. And then of course that was like a big deal. Um, that was pretty shocking. Um, that was one of many, but that was pretty funny. Like that one was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a million things, honestly, but <laughs> no. Um, okay, my biggest shocking situation is different. Um, that's gross. That is shocking. Right. Um, so, okay, let me just say that I peep in on these sermons that they do every once in a while mm-hmm. when somebody speaks out against them. They have a sermon type retaliation. And right now what they are saying is like, you can't wish bad for other people and expect to be blessed. Well, Mm -hmm. this situation with uncovering the truth really started because the pastor started making my husband lie to me. And he's still Mm -hmm. lying this day because he's stuck under this loyalty from this man. And the the biggest shocking situation I'm going to tell you at the time, there were a guy and a girl singing on stage together. They were mm-hmm. all having sex, and both of them were married. I was just saying, I know exactly what you were saying. Okay. Had kids, mm-hmm. spouses, yep. families, families, yep. talking about God, Jesus on, on stage at church, mm-hmm. right? So this guy was actually the boss. He was my boss over photography and social media. And I started to get pissed off with his performance as a boss because I was getting in trouble for not doing stuff, but he was all over the place because he was having an affair, right? And in one of the meetings, I remember I got pissed off and I left because it was one of the ones where he was just irate about our performance and tithing and all of that. And he like went down this chart and he got to the part with me and the guy and he's like, I don't know what's going on right here, but it's a shit show. And I'm like, the fuck did I do? Like, I'm sitting here trying to work, you know? So... They find out that these these people have been lying about having sex, right? So they find out, okay, they actually are having an affair. Mm-hmm. Wife, the actual wife at the time of the man says, okay, I have his location on his truck and I know that he's parking his truck somewhere and then he's having the girl pick him up. So the thing about me and my ex is regardless of what we portrayed or what people think he told me as much as I could get out of him he is a liar mm-hmm. but there are certain situations where I'd be like we're not doing this because pastor would tell him don't ever tell your wife the truth literally tell him don't ever tell your wife the truth and I told him we don't do that that's not the kind of relationship we have you need to be always telling me the truth especially if it has to do with me so one day he's like well I need to borrow your car because I drive a bright blue pickup truck and I need to go spy on this guy who's cheating on his wife. So I need to drive your van. It doesn't stop there. Okay, cool. Whatever. It's church. You know, when they make everything weird, you're just like, yeah, it's a weird church thing. Take my car, whatever. Right. I'm rolling Brennan. I'm rolling in his car in his truck rolling down the street. And I don't, I don't, I remember this distinctly because I had on a shirt that said thick filet. Pass the rolls up on me in his car and he goes uh thick filet and i'm like yeah he's like where's your husband and i'm like i don't know 
oil change something Where, where's your car i i don't know he just takes it randomly and then he drives off and i said that motherfucker was checking to make sure my husband lied to me like i could not believe that he would go that far as to yeah. actually make him lie to me. He separated all kinds of relationships, mine included. My, that's actually why me and my fiance separated is because he had him test me. Um, and it was, it was, it was a, I was set up to, to fail basically. And, um, and then lied to me about something very, very big regarding our ministry. And that's actually why I, I finally just broke off the engagement. But yeah, it's very normal. So when we talk about coming in between relationships, if you would have been an SB when I got there, we would have been broken apart. If we would have shown any kind of mutual. Yep, yep. divine conquer. There were a few girls that I connected with and girl all of my relationships with girls at the church with women were ruined directly by the pastor mm -hmm. by him the first situation um this girl came in for counsel like she came in and she told me and my ex at the time because he couldn't meet with girls by himself so i had I to know exactly who you're talking about too she comes in she's like i've literally been groomed this guy that's trying yep. to talk to me yep. A part of the program he's mm -hmm. um, like she tells me all of this damaging stuff about this guy right don't know if it's true or not but as a woman you have to at least give the woman some accreditation mm -hmm. so we get her story yada yada we'll take care of it we'll figure it out we'll help you out I pass it along to my husband he then I guess you know I'm assuming he takes it on and delivers it where it needs to go i check in on the situation they have swept it under the rug they have not addressed it at all they have not talked to the man and they have not protected this girl right and I sent, I sent her to you actually i was the one that sent her to you she was in working in my program in my ministry my other ministry i worked in a crisis pregnancy center working with women from uh, post-abortion experiences and she was in my program and actually i had sent her to you because um, she really wanted some counsel on this, and and yeah, that's, got to they actually counsel. used they used you actually as a kind of a um a way to like almost as her kind of her keeper to kind of keep her quiet. I think um to kind of mentor her. Didn't you mentor her a bit after? That's what they were trying to do. So yeah. another situation came up about that same thing like a few months later, and I had brought it up, and I was in the car with one of my friends at the time, and he called me pastor called me so the thing about my life is like i have never in my life told a girlfriend something and it got back to my dad so it was like why am i telling women things and the fucking pastor is calling me telling me what they said i never thought that was okay that happened with the worship leader i cut her off right away and i cannot believe that it has been proven that she is who i always thought she was a little slimy little snake and I knew that from the beginning because I told her something that went right back to the pastor so he would always and he did this until the very end he did this until the very end the relationship that I had that was the most intact was with somebody whose husband had passed away and mm -hmm. would I tell you that I gave that girl so much of my sacrificial energy I have five kids 
I took care of her and her kids as much as I could for a long time. I spent over $2,000 buying her kids school clothes, buying her food. Like this girl had so much money from her GoFundMe and, and life insurance that she had cash falling out of her drawers. She didn't need money. She needed support. And who was supporting her from that church? No fucking body, but me and the little spy. Cause she supported everybody. Be careful of somebody who's everybody's best friend. Don't trust that person, right? So it got down to the very end. I told her, and I haven't even shared this, but I can share it now. My ex, I found out about his last affair because he had like seven of them, but I found out about his last one, December 23rd. Christmas mm. was in two days. He disappeared on Christmas morning. This, when I tell people that, they're like, not him. Disappeared. Text me. Uh-oh. Ending in 10 minutes. So we got to restart it. Okay. Yep. Text me, told me he was turning his phone off. He disappeared freaking peered and I told the pastor and he told me not to do anything of course he does don't, of course he does. don't tell anybody we'll figure yeah. it out his phone is mm -hmm. off looking at our bank statements there's no charges like I call the city and I file a missing persons report because my fucking husband is missing it is Christmas day no actually I waited because it was the next day he went missing Christmas day the next day was our son's birthday he did not show up for his birthday. <laughs> I filed a missing persons report. And yeah, as as you should. That's a that's a normal response to that kind of situation. When we had our final meeting, because you know he's the end all be all, right? He was so yeah. Every every decision you make has to go through him before you do it. He was so pissed that I had gone to my actual support system, my family, and my parents mm -hmm. called him and said, we're getting our daughter out of there. She no longer wants to be there. It's not healthy. It's not safe. He was so mm -hmm. mad that we had this last meeting where he just like, that's when I said, oh my God. You saw the mask fell off? You saw the real, the real person? How did I not known that this guy was a narcissist the whole time? How did I not know? And what told me about my friend is instead of in the time where because let me well you know so when I was saying he disappeared and he didn't show up I called my friend she came mm -hmm. to my house I collapsed from exhaustion and heartache and depression and anxiety I collapsed into her arms she in turn and she knew because my whole relationship with her was don't trust nobody at the church, especially the worship leader spy. She went and told her all my best. The one person I had been telling her to never tell anything to, told her all my business. Then of course she went and told pastor and what he told me that my friend said about me and my situation from everything was that she didn't want men like my husband around her children. That's the message that he relayed to me from my only friend, my only friend that I had in that whole community because the other one he was fucking. He told me that in my most vulnerable moment. And then 
automatically want to hurt that I'm done with you because my whole thing with people, right, right, family, right. you don't choose family. You got to figure that shit out. And even then, if they're toxic, you're gone. You choose friends. I'm not going to choose to be in a relationship with somebody who says that about my husband. And let me remind you that I just said that I spent so many sacrificial hours with her family. My husband was a part of that. He was there helping with the kids. He was literally around her kids all the time. So anyways, when I go back to communicate to her that that's the reason we're no longer friends, she tells yeah. me, that's not even what I said. Which is possible. But the point is, he was always the one in between everybody's relationships. You're supposed to be the leader of the church, but you, and he would always say, remember that bent up, bent up, bent up. Don't talk to anybody. Yep. Bent up. Yeah. Right? He's all the way in the trenches. He's, oh, he, 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 I mean, he has trackers and things on his inner circle's phones. I mean, he tracks because he needs to have control. He needs to have full control, know what's going on um, in the church. He needs to have all the information because you can't control and be the puppet master of a place that you don't you know when you don't know everything so you need to make sure that you get in the middle of any potentially risky situations of people like you who's a truth teller so that was important for him to to divide and conquer in those situations so then people who potentially might pose a risk to him and his his control aren't going to get together and, and overthrow him the biggest kicker of them all there's a couple of but these go hand in hand one I literally got sick to my stomach when I realized that every time he had a sermon or an excerpt or a bit about him getting attacked or some people saying some stuff about him or a situation, mm -hmm. when you're on the other side and you're like, oh, my poor pastor, he's such a good guy and people just keep attacking him. And then you get on the other side and you're like, oh my God, every time he was being attacked, it was for a legitimate reason like yep. the thing there's this goes, goes hand in hand with the other thing so that because he always had something swirling about when anybody from the church especially on leadership had any situation it had to be put out because anything that arose about anybody in his leadership or his team would make suspicion rise about him and all he had was suspicion all he had was suspicion. So I want to finish with this and then I want to learn. I want to, because yeah. we got to switch over anyways, but yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, I want to hear from you. Oh so, man, I have so many. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. My last, um, my last point was that this whole, like I said, this whole journey of uncovering the truth came because I looked at my ex in the eyes on our last marriage therapy session and I said you are incapable of telling the truth and I will die trying to prove it because and I looked at him and I said we need to break these generational curses if you don't stop mm -hmm. lying our children will lie our children's children will lie I was on yeah. a phone the other day and I said I don't want to have to click over and, and with one of my kids and be like, I got to click over Braxton's having a crisis. Like we're trying to avoid our kids going through these same situations. Yes. When I figured out that the only way I could get him to tell the truth is if I uncovered any lie that I could. And I realized that serenity was a lie that he was keeping. Everybody's in the aftermath. 
I don't have no personal vendetta against nobody. Mm -hmm. All I want is for my kids to not be sitting here doing the podcast at 35 because they've been mentally fucked. So I, I hope I can do this in two minutes. It'd be really cool if I could. Let's try. So when I discovered the biggest freaking secret of them all, I told myself, when I was at that church, everybody's weird. Everybody's freaking weird. Everybody's weird. <laughs> if I can trust anybody, it can be the church therapist for sure. She's got a master's degree. She dresses nice. She's got a nice car. She talks mm -hmm. well. Pastor trusts her. We became so close. Like I finally let all my guards down. I said, I'm gonna hang out with this girl. We're on the same wavelength. We're intelligent. We think the same. We both had sexual abuse, all of this stuff. And I could tell that she had this deep, of course she had daddy issues. The whole church knew that because it was put on display. But I knew that she had this deep, 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 deep desire to be loved, okay? Everybody has it. But some people's come at a detriment. Right. When the night that I left Minnesota and I was leaving to come back to Texas, I went after we had that conversation, we had a meeting with about 20 leadership. Pastor just walks in. He says, I'm going to rip the bandaid off. We're getting a divorce. She doesn't want it. Does anybody have anything to say? That's how our pastor told us that he was divorcing our first lady. Did you have any idea? Was there any? No, I I knew because I knew they didn't spend any time together. He basically lived at his mom's house. Like, and I knew the relationship was out of town without her. He never talks to her. He keeps everything from her. He talks shit about her all the time. So it wasn't a surprise, but we had not been warned. And when I told the therapist, when I went to her house, and we had a conversation in her immaculate ass apartment in downtown Minneapolis. I said something about like pastor's divorce. And she said, pastor's choosing happiness. And I said, I got to end it. We got to start over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, it's close. Uh, how is this close to me? It's not far. It's like right by us. Oh boy. All right. So this chick Pastor is choosing happiness. And I thought to myself, if any member from the congregation right now were to have any feeling about him getting a divorce, I don't think that'd be in their vocabulary. I wouldn't say no. I mean, he's never directed anyone that's gone to him for counsel about their marriages to choose happiness. But do you know what I'm saying? So why did you, so I kind of like brushed it off and she also was like, she was trying to defend the girl who I had not, who I said I wasn't going to be friends with anymore after she said that or didn't say that. But she was like, how do you think I feel as a friend if you just like dropped her that fast? And I said, well, one of the main things that that particular friend would tell people is that this is my friend, Jaleesa, and she's going to be famous. How the fuck am I going to be famous if you're already ruining my reputation? <laughs> Like, you cannot be my friend if I'm famous, if I can't trust you with information. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Wait, as a therapist, you said, how should I feel as your friend for you to have boundaries and not accept dishonest behavior? Huh, that's, inter that's interesting and telling. So I left her house having my last conversation with my friend. I got on my plane 
And girl, I'm, I'm not even joking. When that plane took off, so did my brain. Everything, I was said, holy shit, he's choosing happiness. He's choosing you. Y'all are having sex. <gasps> you figured it out? It clicked? Girl, everything came back to me. Like, I was yeah. like, wow. You were out of the fog. You were out of the narcissistic fog. When you care about people, that shit love will make you blind. That's not a joke because when I care about people, I go all in for them. And something that people hate about me in particular is that when I'm all in for you, when you do something to make me not, oh, I am all out all the yep. way. And yep. that's just how I roll. And so it's for weakness. It's not a, it's not a cool thing. When I care about you, I, I don't see, you know, I don't see weirdness. I don't see this. I don't see that. So I'm on the plane like, oh my God. Okay. So what else is weird? What? Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everything's quick and the dots are connected. <laughs> so I land and I call my friend and her and I had had this mutual understanding that we don't speak about what goes on because we don't know who to get back to, but your secrets are safe with me and my secrets are safe with you. And she was like one of the only person I could talk to about stuff going on with the church. So I call her when I landed, I'm like, do you think pastor and this girl are having sex? And she goes, oh, 100%. How? <laughs> like, oh, why? And she's like, I had a dream. And also like just signs everything. And so from then on, I just started looking at stuff and but there was never fucking proof. There was never proof. I talked to probably 18 people who said, oh, I know they're having an affair. I know they've been having an affair for like a legit, I mean, five years is what some people are saying. That's so, what I've heard too. That's are, about as long as I've been away from the church about that too. I got hot. We moved in, in 2017. 17, yeah came on around the same time and then mm -hmm. next year she pops up she's on everything she's she stands her up this is our new therapist he parades her she got hired with the nonprofit December 2018 there is zero way there is zero way they weren't in a relationship at that point and everything that I started noticing just started making me nauseous like mm -hmm. every Sunday he wasn't there she was not there every single sunday what'd you say back what'd you, what'd you say where there's smoke there's fire right i remember i remember hearing you say that i mean all of those things so anyways it's your turn now but that was like my conclusion on like i went there for god church family love because that's who i am everybody can have their own speculations about what i choose to believe religious wise right now I believe in the I believe in humanity. I believe in being genuinely honest, open, transparent, kind, loving, like honestly with each other. I feel like all of us do such a disjust such an injustice because we're all trying to skate around everything. No, all we need to do is be honest. Like if you come from a community where you literally start the sermon with I'm happy that I'm not dead or in jail, there's nothing wrong with telling this community, um I don't think I want to be married anymore. I think I'm going to be with this girl. I'm going to get a divorce first because I've already gotten a divorce once and nobody fucking cares about divorces at this place. 
Why do you have to lie and manipulate for five years if that's the case? And she just finally posted something. I, I, when I'm done with people, I'm done with people. I had blocked all of them girls, right? Me and my best friend had this day last week or whenever this happened where this validation shit just started hitting across the board. Every situation we have from 2021, 2022, girl, it was like, what? Oh my God, karma. Hello. Is that you today? So I was riding this like karma wave and I was like, I'm going to unblock Shauna. Shit. I was riding this karma wave and I was like, I'm going to unblock this girl. And I unblock her and search her name. And the first thing that pops up, my boyfriend and I went to, we caught every Grateful Dead show. So blessed. I know. <laughs> you're, you're who now? You're what, what? And then it's 27 shows across the country with your on the time mind you my ex got a pay cut but we're not mm -hmm. gonna talk about that um that's when i said it's not an attack it's not the devil it's not a demon it is a result of your horrible piss poor choices yeah. and that's where i met with the whole situation I want honesty. I want no more deceit. I want no more manipulation. And something that I will continue to say out loud as a mental health professional and intentionally manipulating an entire community, because it was not just me. It was not vulnerable just people too. Vulnerable people. And Very it, vulnerable. let's use this vocabulary. They mm -hmm. manipulated an entire community and anytime mm -hmm. manipulated that takes brain work to come out of that yep. they manipulated and mentally confused in mm -hmm. a community and yep. that's what i'm gonna say about that i want you to tell me i guess one of the main questions i have for you is like because because i kept myself out of it and mm -hmm. you were submerged into it I feel like your situation your recovery from mm -hmm. that had to be because mine still is it's been two years and it's still trying to process it so I have had and you have had as well numerous people reach out from certain mm -hmm that have always had these speculations, these suspicions. They knew that he was a narcissist. They knew they were being controlled. They knew these things were going on behind closed doors. They were sworn to secrecy. They were threatened. Um, Blackmail. I, first of all, want to thank you for being willing to actually be open and honest about this situation because there's so many people. There's one guy who said he's been waiting eight years. He couldn't say any, no. Nobody felt like they had a voice. Nobody right. felt like they had right. a chance because anytime somebody spoke up, they'd shoot them down. Oh, they're mentally ill. They're bipolar. They're this. They're that. They're, they're using. They're using. Using. Mm -mm. They love that. They love that so much. Yeah, they're using. They're off the deep end. They're. I wasn't bipolar. Yeah. I don't know what they could use against me. You know what I mean? They got to use something against somebody. Right. So, right. I wanted to thank you for being willing to share your story, but also like, I honestly, there's so many people watching <laughs> that have been screwed. And I want you to like explain how you came out of that situation and like how you've been able to like regain some like 
some 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 sanity and some and when you've been gas gaslit so many people over the past few weeks have been able to breathe they've been able Mm -hmm. oh my god I'm not crazy right how did you go from all of this crazy crazy stuff (laughs) one one hundredth of what has gone on there so you go from that to like where you are now and like what advice would you give these people that have come out of this literal cult and right. are and actually still trying to love Jesus. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing too. I, I, I mean, it's spiritual abuse at its finest. And I grew up, you know, Catholic and it was a coming out of recovery and finding this new place with God and this relationship. I mean, it's hard. Okay. I look back at it and I, and it's, it's, it was, a, it was the situation and the thing is hard and painful as it was. It was also very wonderful for a lot of, a lot of reasons, right? Like I always try to find and remember the good and things. I don't, I don't just focus on the bad things. There was a lot of great things, but when I started to notice that there's things that are off and thinking for myself and realizing that I had to separate, um, as painful as it was to do that, it did, it didn't, it didn't look pretty at first. It really didn't. Like it was, it was very, very painful. Um, the fact that I got out of it at all is a miracle. I mean, I, I very, I shouldn't have really, it was, um, it was awful. And like attached was your fiance. You didn't have a car, a job, all that. No, I mean, I had a job, I was working ministry. Um, but he, you know, I, I was coming out of a year long treatment. I hadn't talked to a boy in over a year (laughs) and I was, I was intentionally set up with a man who I, um, I found out later on, and this, you know, was actually like a, um, a sexual predator who had, um, a record with young girls and I have a a young daughter and that was actually known before we were connected, which was terrifying. Um, realizing that, I mean, I didn't know what narcissism was. I didn't really understand that but this really highlighted that for me which was a blessing um but it was it was very hard it was very hard being ostracized and you know your reputation my ministry was um I mean I lost everything I lost my reputation I lost there was so much that happened from that and because wait let me say something that something that he told me in our last meeting was you have to control how you respond no, 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 no. You cannot put, you cannot back people into a corner and then they respond. You talk about their response because without even knowing your story, I know that you have some kind of emotional response and they love to get that out of people so they can use that against you. Well, she did the she no, did the thing was that I was just speaking the truth. It was period. I was speaking, the, I was speaking the truth about what, and I wasn't, and actually it's funny. There was a point where I was brought into the, to pastor's office and I was paid money not to say anything to uh, another third party ministry that we both worked with um, to, to protect and defend my fiance at the time. And he was very insistent on finding out who I, what I knew, what I knew, um, you know, the fact that there was money being laundered, there was church credit cards that were used for personal things. I mean, it was very obvious that 
I didn't, and it's funny, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know that much. Like, I really didn't. I think he thought I knew more than what I really knew. Now I know a lot more. But, I mean, bringing my, my, my sponsor in to ask her what I knew and just very odd things that were just very unethical. Um, they just really, they really didn't realize what they were doing, <laughs> they were messing with. <laughs> coaching and stuff like that but like obviously you know that like the reason why narcissists are the way they are they're they're literally delusional and paranoid so anytime if you have like okay here's what i tell people like i'm an honest person and that's not even a lie because i'm too anxious mm -hmm. to and what i tell people is a lie creates a lie creates a lie creates a yeah. lie i yeah. don't i'm too anxious to keep covering stuff up right so, right years of ministry full of lies mm -hmm. and one secret comes out and one thing comes out you're freaking the fuck out because there's so much that you're, you're covering up so and that's why and that's why you have to control everything that's why you have to know what everyone's thinking and saying because you are so paranoid about your own dishonesty and who you are as a person and that's exactly true and what that is and it was always you know i remember being in his house and him being really scared and saying i don't like having new people around i don't like it it makes me nervous because he was always afraid of letting the wrong person in that was going to expose his house of cards. If you don't have nothing to expose, you ain't really got to worry about who you bring around. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, there's many times where the last conversation I had with him was after, um, it's a very long story I won't get into, but having a, a person from there's I was I actually went to your ex and tried to expose that there was men in the community that were preying upon these young vulnerable women that were coming to me telling me these things and basically your ex said you know um we we don't want any trouble we think that you're a troublemaker um they wanted to cover it up I was not okay with that that's why I left the church and then I ended up very irate one day in pastor's office and screamed at him for about two hours. <laughs> and I remember him saying, what do you want me to do? And I said, what do you want me to do to these people? What, how should I punish them? I said, I want you to be accountable. You are the one that runs this church. You are the one that is spiritually overseeing everybody. This is on you. This is not about them anymore. This is on you. And, you know, he said, I want to give grace to these men because there'll be a time where I need to receive grace and I don't want to be punished so i want to give that to them and i was just like do you even that just blew my mind and that was where it was like we're done this is it like oh, this you know what that whole community is it's a like don't tell my shit and i won't tell your shit mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a safe haven for predator predatory men um to do what they want to do and that's what it is period okay, so here's something that did upset me mm -hmm. i didn't flee when I went to Serenity, but obviously my ex has a sex addiction, okay? And if he doesn't want to acknowledge that, that's his... Doesn't have to, it's obvious. <laughs> ...personal choice. Mm -hmm. We have gone to extensive therapy. We have seen multiple therapists. Our therapist has read every single symptom from the list of having a sex addiction and looked him in his eye and he could not admit it. And it wasn't her responsibility to make him admit it so he didn't have to but I took my ex there to keep my family safe and a lot of people take their family members there their their spouses their partners oh. their 
brothers or sisters to be safe. And what sick people do in sick environments is become more sick. So he came there and he's like, maybe at one point he said, I do want to do right. I do want to live honestly. If you see the leader of a congregation getting away with being and doing anything he wants to do behind closed doors, what would make you think that you had to comply? Like what would make you think that you needed to be any different than the man who was your leader, your mentor, your spiritual father that he said so much? He made him more sick because I don't know when he found out, when he knew, when what. There's instances where I don't know who did what because both of them lied so much. He was protected because he was protected. Of course you're going to become more sick. It's going to fester. I don't know what woman my ex was with or if it was pastor. Like, I don't know because there were so many lies and the issue that I have is that that dude got on stage several times and anytime he met like my family or somebody he would say you know well I didn't I was so nervous about them moving them and them and their whole family here because that gave me the responsibility of making sure that they're okay well that's a superiority complex for a you did the opposite you came and you broke us up literally like I mean, I am thankful because I really feel like the universe for me, especially with everything, I needed to move to Minnesota because I needed to see how people really were. They right. really showed me yep. how people really are, how people really can be. And it, <laughs> my therapist said, girl, if you don't trust anything for the rest of your life, you trust that gut. Because from the moment I started therapy with her, we talked about the church and three years of therapy with her was working through issues because I didn't want to be a part of those people but they kept making me feel bad and I would hear stuff about myself and then oh guilt guilt's their number one tool it's huge that's why so many people are on the fence back and forth about it I mean I didn't I tried to leave multiple times and it was so hard because I there's and there's some good things right so like they'll they're not all bad nothing in life is all good or all bad and and so many times people would say well they're doing a lot of good though maybe a little but it's mostly bad but that's the same thing like people will say like do you remember the hundred good things somebody did or the one bad thing you know what I mean right myself I get frustrated sometimes I'm like why did you just discredit everything that somebody's ever done for you because they pissed you off you know what I mean like we do that but um it's just it did the what's the craziest to me is it just did kind of like every opposite thing of what a church should do for people it it makes people more sick it makes them more deceptive it makes them more sneaky it makes them like who on staff didn't have an affair the associate pastor had an affair the new rena pastor they have i don't know he literally wore a white suit like they are trying to make him look like a pastor so bad he was the drummer like six months ago (laughs) it's all it's just it's just it's it's a giant we used to call it the serenity show anytime we'd go anywhere because it was just fake it was the serenity show I would just laugh I'd be like this is such a joke <laughs> I'm just like, these people are 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 a joke and it's they're not con, they're, they're con men they're con men that have gone from being con men to hiding behind the guise of God to get away with their their same their same shit that's all it is you know my favorite thing that I tell people now? Because you know, once you like break something down, you can like explain it really easy. They're like, explain yeah. the church situation. I'm like, well, the pastor was a pimp on the streets and he took the pimp. A crackhead. 
The guy doesn't even have teeth. He doesn't have real teeth. They're all fake. He took the pimping from the streets to the church. And now he's going to have Exactly. Because he was spit every time he talked. But, girl, like, all it did was just, like, I mean, I truly think, I truly think what happens to some pastors is, like, they see what they can get away with as a pastor. Because people... Yes rebel you if you have that title in front of your name it's different it's not like being a doctor because when you're a pastor people automatically assume good and they do and, and when you do and when you i mean he's very good he's he's a sec he's not, i don't even necessarily know that I, I would consider him and i can't legally diagnose yet um but he's a psychopath i mean he's a he's a narcissistic psychopath and a psychopath is going to innately manipulate and control they don't even have to think about it it's just how they operate so he's very good at knowing how to mind control um the people around him and people especially people coming into the church especially the vulnerable addicts and people that are coming and that's what makes me the most mad that's what makes me the most mad is that these are people who are coming from really really hard situations and they're they're drug addicts they're alcoholics or people who are basically dead or you know on their last leg and they're coming to find god they're coming to find this place to like start fresh and they're going into this situation where they're completely malleable and they're completely easily controlled because of where they're at and that's what makes me the most angry i i still think it's funny that when i literally told him like i thought it was <laughs> I thought it was the weirdest thing because like the first the, when I first got there of course I got invited to like a girls night with the essential you know core group of women right and all of a sudden I was never invited again but <laughs> whenever I told him when I realized after talking to each girl individually as time passed on all they did was talk shit about each other except for one me and her are still solid like I got her all her friends talk shit about her the most and then collectively about each other I never understood it and so when I finally figured out that they all hated each other I called pastor and I said you know how I was all upset because I wasn't invited to these girl things and I felt left out I'm so glad I'm not a part of that group of dysfunctional friends and like I look I mean that was another situation but previously to that I had basically told him I'm done with the church your people suck and he didn't argue with me and I think that he was happy he knew that I could see through everything. He's like right. taking herself out. Let me just let her yep. go. Yep. 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 And now yep. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use what she already says online and publicly. She's mentally ill. She's bipolar. She doesn't like public. She has social anxiety. I'm gonna tell people that because now I have a built-in way to out her instead he's, of he started, he started the smear campaign against you early on. So that was the narrative that was set because he saw you're a truth teller. He saw you're a wild card. You weren't you weren't going to conform to you weren't going to be under his control. So he had to make sure that he controlled the view and opinions of everyone of you long before you ever left, knowing that at some point you would leave and then you would speak out. Unfortunately, that didn't work for him. It just worked. Telling people I'm into dark shit. If really. Dark I'm covering the truth then yes I mean it's very that's dark, called, it's very that's, dark. Called, that's, that's that's also called projection which is is very telling because narcissists like to tell on themselves so the things that they say that other people are doing are generally things that they're doing I think I've gone through my list of things which is like very surprising um I do think that we have like touched on 
all the things and I do have a part four, you know, so it's yeah. not, but I think the, what I wanted to honestly get out of you and I talking and doing this because everybody's messaging me, like, when is episode three coming out? When is really? <laughs> Literally, like, I'm like, I told my boyfriend, like, I was just doing this podcast as a hobby to eventually get paid. Like everything that I do as a mental health advocate, it's literally like a resume. You know, if I go to right. a what do you do? I have a podcast. I have a book. I have this. Like, this is just something that I did want to do that I eventually knew that I could do. So I just started it. But now it's like, oh, I got an actual thing to talk about because people be out here wiling out. But well, people, people message me and they're like, oh, my gosh, you have to connect. Like, you two have to connect because I think they saw like, hey, these two, you know, to the black sheep, they usually got some truth is all Amen. I'm saying. <laughs> but, I really wanted in all of this, I wanted to validate myself because my intuition from the time I was born has been, has overtaken me. I'm finally to the point where I say, oh, that's what that is. I got to follow that. So I've known that since the beginning and going through this stuff, when you truly love people, when you truly want the best for people, when you love God, when you love Jesus, when you love ministry, you want to not believe the bad stuff. Right. You want to say, oh, that's weird, but maybe not. Oh, that's really weird, but maybe not. Um, you know, every like I said, everybody on staff cheated on their spouses. The people that have the affairs that were singing on stage are back singing on stage while the ex is in the audience. What the heck is that? It's all covered up because they, yeah, no, I, I had an affair with someone that was, you know, and it was covered up on purpose. So, my mission with this this episode in particular because we didn't have mm -hmm. we didn't all we had was our minds to just all right. of the whole community over the span of what 12 years people that have been pushed out from the beginning people that have known about the stuff from the beginning people that yes. have said actually threatened that's why i'm like girl if we disappear at least i'll post this and people will not <laughs> like i just wanted to tell everybody to tell you to tell myself we were not crazy. We might be crazy mentally, but we'd be taking our meds. <laughs> it's a different kind of crazy. And you, like you're saying, people, like the thing that I, the reason I do this and the reason I'm excited that this happened is because there are people who have left and there are people, and this is just goes for nurses relationships in general, speak up, speak your truth, connect with other survivors, connect with other people who've been victims because we all feel the same way. We all need to be validated. We all need to know that our, our, our circumstance or situation was real that we're not crazy, that it really did happen. And in the more si silence is there is what they want for us. They groom us to be silent. So speaking up, don't be afraid of what people are going to think of you. And it doesn't mean you have to start a podcast because everyone's you know situation and stories to be different, but don't be quiet about it because you're essentially enabling the behavior and, and you're letting other people be abused. And I just, I think that's very important because collectively all of our voices create the story the real story. And then that's how we can combat this, this abuse that happens, whether it's a situation or others. So I'm even thinking about people that I haven't talked to recently that I talked to months ago when this stuff first started happening. So there's literally like <laughs> waves and waves and waves of people who like, they, there's been so people, many some people there's can't so following the story because it's so destructive to their brains to get back into the space of wow i was actually a part of that 
and look at look at the amount of of, of people invest in that church. I mean, I, I I spent forty hours plus extra. I was a single mom. I and I spent all. I would be at the church till three in the morning cooking and doing all these things. I mean, you invest so much into this community. You don't want to believe that it's bad. You you don't want to believe, especially when there is some good that's done. You don't want to believe it. You know, and Jordan Peterson is a hero of mine, and he talks about how. You can't really combat or fight uh, malice until you really understand and see that it's real. And a righteous man is not one who who's ever been bad. It's it's knowing your propensity, you know, to be bad or or see it and then choosing not to be. Um, we need to know that it is real. It's a real thing, and and it's okay. But we need to, you know, choose otherwise. Yeah, they've got to stop that narrative. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I about died. Me and my therapist, both me and my marriage therapist, because, you know, we had joined to marriage therapy for years. Like, my, uh, I was so fed up at the end of my marriage because I was like, what have we been going to therapy for? Like, why'd you waste my time? Like, you know what I mean? Girl, when we had our last session, my ex came and he was like, I've got this, this new revelation. And we're like, oh, great. We'd love to hear it. Finally, thank God. <laughs> I just figured out that we're all shit shows. Oh, you were like, oh. like that's that's it. That's, wow, that's just, that's Mary, living by yourself—that's your revelation. Mm -hmm. So then I, ret in return, told him, which is my message to this whole freaking community: not all of us are shit shows by choice. Amen. I'm, and I told him at the time. I am a fucking shit show right now because you are my shit show. I did not make these personal choices to get myself in this position. I had to flee because I felt unsafe because I didn't know who I was living with because who disappears, <laughs> you know? But walking around saying they were all shit shows is it's it's true. But we are not all out here making, do listen to these words, deliberate, intentional conscious repeated bad decisions and then not truly to be self-aware enough to acknowledge them at all or but there has zero accountability maybe they feel mm -hmm. like us personally an apology that girl was my friend i let her into my house i let her into my family the same with him he i don't call people my spiritual fathers i have daddies they're great right 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 but listen, not everybody is doing these things by choice. Not everybody's out here. And you can't call it an attack when it's just speaking your truth. If you want people to think better about you, then you should do better things. So people wouldn't have anything to say about you. I I don't have to worry about nobody posting a subliminal status or message about me because I interrupt right? nothing to nobody. nobody if I've done it, I've, I probably exposed it. <laughs> right? I've talked about it. I've talked about it before anybody else has a chance to. <laughs> that is like my biggest flex since I yep. started my mental illness. I talk about mm -hmm. my yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. one story is um we have one more episode. Um, and I really feel like we need a communal healing. Mm -hmm. Um oh, I, I, I want to tell anybody who's watching this that's come from our old community. Um, yeah. Kaylin and I, of course, have separate lives and we do have children, but I think both her and I are on the same page as far as all of us collectively getting healing together. Yeah.
So if you are interested, we're going to figure something out, some kind of group, some kind of retreat, some kind of Zoom, something to where we can collectively share our stories, um, get some validation, <laughs> get some restoration. So you can reach out to either one of us, DM us, call us, whatever we've been. <laughs> I've talked to this person who said, I talked to Kaylin and she told me she talked to her and they, he talked to them. People are sending me the same messages people have sent people. People are sending me the same statuses, videos, like- Oh girl, it's been years. Everybody, it's, I feel like everybody that left there was reaching out to me for a while. And it's like, I told you all, like I've been saying it for, I mean, you, you don't know until you know. I had to plant the seed. I had to share my experience. My experience is not the same as everybody's. I had to just throw it out there and it's just everyone's journey. But yeah, I'm definitely here. I think everybody that has connected you and I, um, you know, and, and seeing that we have the same heart and mission here. My dog's just coming up here. Um, and yeah, there needs to be healing and you need to trust that gut and your intuition because just because, and just because you were fooled or tricked and it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that your intuition's off. doesn't mean that you don't have good intuition. It just, you're, you're only, I mean, the devil's a liar. You're, you're fooled, you know, you're all, you're in the dark because you're lied to. It, it has nothing to do with, you know, it's not a personal thing. Just, um, it's seeing things for the reality that they are. And then once you see it, it's your responsibility to then do something about it. It's we went into it with the right intentions and yep. The yep. people they know how to manipulate their professional. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, they're professionals. Don't be don't feel all we're asking for, we ain't asking for nothing. We're sharing our stories. How about that? All we're asking for is for y'all to subscribe and to yes. so we um what is your YouTube channel? Um, so yeah, so I, so I have a YouTube channel. It's, it's called reckless Sisu coaching. Um, Sisu is actually, it's a finished term. It means grit, determination, never giving up. Um, and actually, um, part of my separation from the church, I chose to, to change my last name once I realized I was a, a lifelong victim of narcissistic abuse to USIS, which is Sisu backwards. Um, and so that's been a huge part of my journey and I just I really am thankful for Serenity Village and, and the pastor and everybody there that that really ignited that started that journey for me um but I do a lot on YouTube and I do some stuff with my Facebook as well um and I do life coaching for people coming out of narcissistic relationships and parents that are dealing with narcissistic exes um and so that's a big thing that I do so please I'm I'm getting my my PhD at Purdue University Global, and I love just helping other people through this journey because I didn't have anyone. I kind of had to do it the hard way on my own, and I would, you know, I always love to be someone who's just there to guide people along the way and um, and do it in a, a you know, a Christ-like um, way. So, and, and I, you know, I, I don't go to a church anymore. I'm actually uh, very separated from the church, partially due because of this. My children actually were affected so deeply that they don't want to go to church anymore because of their experience there. And that was very hard for me. Um, very hard, you know, that my kids are like, they were so messed up by that experience that they, I mean, I remember my son being six and him coming to me and saying, mom, pastor doesn't love God. He only cares about money and, and he doesn't really care about the church. I mean, he was young and saying that he does not care about God. He doesn't love God. He doesn't love the church. He just loves money. You know, and um, it's 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 been a journey. So yeah, I, I do a lot of life coaching, and I just um, healing has been a huge a huge thing for me, and it's very multifaceted. Um, but
but connection with other people who've had those experiences are important and spiritual abuse is a very real thing and it's more damaging than we can imagine so please reach out um and subscribe to Jalissa's stuff because she does awesome content i'm really excited and happy that you do what you do we <laughs> i swear yeah, they messed around and really let me find my voice you know what i mean Right. Trained now i'm trying to i'm trying to hold i'm working in politics girl i know people are working <laughs> politics. there's no stopping us we know we're barely gonna get anywhere to start so like you know what it's i mean it's not about that though it's not about like, that i'm just you know? saying you can't you can't stop somebody who just won't stop you know what i'm saying you can't you can't stop someone that won't quit period period and that's what i want to be i want to be a testament to that so i appreciate connecting with another another female like that too e are not crazy no amen girl you're one of the most sane people i've met and i just think it's hilarious that that's that's the thing that people are going to call you right when you're when you're when you're not controllable and when you you know you're difficult you're labeled difficult and crazy because they can't control you period i'll end with this what's a telltale sign of a narcissist one of the people that i've talked to so many people one of the people that told me that she separated from the church when she made the decision and said I think I want to choose other things. He said, how do you feel about making this a decision without running it by me first? And she said, like, <laughs> I classic, classic. I'll talk to you after this. Bye. Bye <laughs>